you were there and presented the possibility of you doing it, everyone forgot except Brad. <laughs> he remembered you and your stuff. And, I, and he looks at me, he's like, what's his name? Again, I can't remember. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll include Brad. Because uh, Brad's the one who um, first reached out to me about that. Yeah. And I have I have his, e- his email and, and his phone number. He actually Brad's lives awesome. like... A uh, fifteen-minute walk from my house. Yeah, we met up for beers one time. Oh, um, nice! Because I had, I had newbie questions about IDIQ contracts. I don't even know what that is. Indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity. Oh, okay. Uh, and so they're like that's archaeology in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we have no scope of work, so do all the things. <laughs> it might be everything, or it might be nothing. Um, so write a contract for it. <laughs> and so I was like, I. I, how do I write a contract for this? So I I had to yeah. reach out to Brad because I knew that he he knew how to do that and um, he he really really showed me the ropes and and um, taught me a lot of really useful things about what to do and especially what not to do because there are so oh, many cool. pitfalls on if you word things the wrong way um, like the the federal government agencies really want you to regurgitate their own language back to them yeah, I've I learned that doing reports yeah <laughs> so that that's one of those things I, I guess like in a nutshell it's great to have um, kind of advisors in yeah. any stage of life that you're in so yes. you know find those people and keep them close uh, yeah and know where to find them yeah, yeah. Brad's pretty awesome yeah. he's definitely been there for my own stuff too so he's He's always a good go-to. Nice. All right. All right. So um, these are your your co-hosts, uh, Chris Sims and Kirsten Lopez, back in the StreamPDX Airstream in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and we're here with the Go to Go Hole podcast once again. Um, I'd like to start off with some shout-outs. Um I, th- I think it's good to kind of build like a community of, um, you know, uh, archaeologists, but also uh, independent podcasters and, you know, people just doing good things. Yeah. Um, shout out to your colleagues and women in archaeology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I say it most episodes, but if if uh, anybody is listening to this podcast and they're not also listening to women in archaeology, you can hear Kirsten on women in archaeology as well as her co-hosts over there that have like very 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 much needed perspectives on archaeology um and where they talk about like feminist approaches um issues around um you know labor issues um you know women's issues gender equality so on and so forth um it's awesome and lots of fun political commentary that may or may not be wanted. <laughs> um, we actually, it's kind of fun because we have uh, diverse opinions. So it's one of the few shows where you'll get not everyone agreeing all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things we really enjoy doing is having people on because uh, we're all about having guests on that are of diverse opinions and um, just being generally inclusive of our audience in the the show so if you're hearing this and enjoying the show here take a listen and uh give us a, a shout and i'll declare the uh contact stuff at the end of this episode nice uh also want to shout out uh the transect they're uh another archaeology podcast they're based in vancouver bc um, and they bring some interesting perspectives on Canadian archaeology that, um, you know, is, is often overlooked by American podcasts. Um, so it's interesting, the things that they cover, but, it, you know, there's also so much in common. You know, archaeology is archaeology when, when it really boils down to it. Um, they just came back with their second season. Um, and uh, it's it's just a fun podcast to listen to. They're they're good folks. Um, also wanted to give some some uh, love to Curiosity and Focus. Daniel Kwan has been an on again, off again uh, guest on this show. Um, and it's an interesting format for a podcast because uh, he is an archaeologist, but he doesn't always talk about archaeology. And in fact, most of his his 
podcast episodes don't talk about archaeology. Um, so it's a, it's a nice change of pace. It's a breath of fresh air a lot of times. Um, <clears throat> and he follows the theme of staying curious and, and learning something cool about, um, you know, whatever he's curious about. And uh, he, he goes really deep on a lot of different things. So they're, they're all pretty interesting. Uh, and of course, Archie Fantasies, uh, yes. like the, the <laughs> Mythbusters of Archaeology, uh, it, it really is one of the best podcasts. Um, so, you know, give them some love. All these are uh, great independent podcasts uh, that are just out there doing their thing. Um, all of them have Patreons. So go and give them some love. Uh, give us some love too. Um, we're also on Patreon. Um, uh, and and uh, all the supporters of Go Dig a Hole are super awesome. Uh, I've loved, you know, getting to talk to some of you. And um, at, at GBAC, uh, we were just in Salt Lake City together. Um, yeah. I don't know. Time is a blur, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> what, like three uh, weeks ago? Yeah, it was, it was a month like ago. That. A solid I think a solid Maybe month. five weeks ago? I don't even know. <laughs> it was, what, before Thanksgiving? It was It was early November. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> uh, but I, I had a couple moments. One, one was at uh, was at GBAC, and I got to meet uh, a guy named Josh Rosario. And uh, the, the second moment was uh, just last week. I was in Phoenix, and... I was talking to some folks. Josh was one. Julie Duggins was the other. And um, they go, wait, are you go dig a hole? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, Kirsten's on the show, too. And because uh, <laughs> I handed them a sticker and they go, this is you. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And they were like. I had no idea it was you. And I was like, <laughs> I've listened to your show. There, like everybody in the work truck listens to the show. I, like it was just such a cool moment. It That's like, nice. Uh, you know, it, and it made me happy because I never wanted the show to be about me. Yeah. Like I didn't want to insert myself in the show, and so it just kind of like it. It just makes it like I'm like I guess I didn't insert my sh- myself in the show if, if nobody <laughs> knows it was me. <laughs> So, that's true. That's this true. is us. Like yes. it's, it's Chris and Kirsten. <laughs> we're, we're the folks doing the show. Chris Sims, Kirsten Lopez. Here we are. We're we're doing the show. Hey, you've been carrying this a lot longer than me. So, cheers for keeping it keeping it going. It takes a village, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I for this episode, um, it's like the middle of December, uh, twenty eighteen. We're both really tired. Yeah. Um. It's been a long year. Um, the last two years have been like two really long years. Um, but this year especially has been a long year and, uh, Kirsten just finished her last classes of, uh, her master's program at Oregon state university. So, uh, everybody give her a big pat on the back. Uh, I I already gave her a beer. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, she's doing great. She's, she's seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. She's in the home stretch. Um, and, and as always, like it's, it's never easy. Like, no. So you just had a fire in the lab <laughs> and all you need to do is finish your lab sample. So you can't go into the lab. Yeah. That's archaeology, though. Yeah. <laughs> so there's always something. It's anytime you set, I feel, at least in my experience, anytime I set a concrete goal, even if it's actually like a little bit farther out, you know, than I thought. Yeah, well, we'll give it another 30, 40%, you know, just just to give some buffer. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no. Something else comes up when you're like, okay, I think I totally got this. And and stuff like that happens, which it's, it's fine. I mean, for those of you who know or are shocked, it actually was a very small um, situation. However, um, as anything in a large institution goes... They have to go through all of the processing. So it'll be some time that is yet to be identified Yeah. Um, until I can get back to my work, work, the, the lab portion. So that's going to be done hopefully, I don't know, a month or two after I can finally get back in the lab. And then otherwise I'm going to be writing again like I, you know, have been doing. And that's been good. So... Back into grant writing, lots of practice. That's always a, <laughs> a good thing to get more practice at. It never ends. It doesn't. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, well, you know, what's out there? What can I do? How am I going to fill this time? Because I don't have 
what I was planning on doing isn't obviously going to work out. And it's just kind of reminding me that, you know, being flexible is incredibly important in this field. (laughs) (laughs) Always having a second and third backup plan is a good idea. So that's that's where I'm at. And I'm I'm pretty happy about that angle. But definitely, I feel like there's been a lot of those this year. Um, And it's just... You know, I finished my classes, but I definitely had a certain case of senioritis going on. <laughs> there was a desire to not want to do the papers that I did. <laughs> I, yeah. And I've definitely had, you know, some some feels for my teenage daughter who's... <laughs> <laughs> she's thing. She's, she's a freshman, so she I'm trying to, like, encourage her to get into it, and I just have no desire to do the work that yeah. I need to do, so... It's it's hard to be in that place as a parent. <laughs> Have motivation, because I don't. So, yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned at the beginning, uh, we're here at the, the Stream PDX Airstream in, in Portland, and uh, I, I just wanted to put out the invitation to anybody passing through Portland or any Portland area archaeologist or anybody in the Pacific Northwest that happens to be, you know, finding themselves in Portland. Uh, the invitation is always open to come mm-hmm. and join us uh, here in the Airstream. It's a real fun space. We're real fun folks. Uh, and we have some fun times. And uh, so if you happen to be coming through, reach out to us on social media. Uh, you can you can find Kirsten on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, you're at Archifem. Yeah. On Instagram, you're Blue Jade Rose. And on Facebook, you're Kirsten Lopez. Yes, because and... I like to keep things complicated. <laughs> And uh, other than that, you can just reach out to Go Dig a Hole. Um, I still have not figured out how to get the website and therefore the web mail <laughs> back up. So okay. um, if anybody has sent an email to Christopher at GoDigAHole.com, I can't check the email. Uh, <laughs> once in a blue moon, like it'll it'll it, it'll just send notifications to my phone that I have like. 500 unread emails oh damn but it just tells me like the subject line and who sent it oh. and then i can't read the email who, so who's the who's the carrier or the host the monster is oh, the hosting oh. agency oh. and um the site's on wordpress and i've done enough like digging to, to find out that like uh, wordpress is notoriously vulnerable to attacks yeah that makes sense and uh, so I, I don't know. It's just out of my skill range. And it's also like, I work too much. You know? <laughs> I, like, I don't want to spend my like, spare time yeah. managing that. In my day job, like I just work too damn much. I'm so tired all the time and I'm tired of being tired. And, uh, the last thing I want to do in my spare time is, is get the blog back up. So I'm sorry to anybody who, who wants to see the blog. I want to see the blog too, but I've already sunk probably <laughs> like I've already sunk probably like eighteen plus hours into oh. trying to figure this thing out, and it's just out of my skill range. Yeah, and it'll happen eventually. Um, so any any yeah. great young Gen what Z now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, who 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 or even millennial um, I, who who's savvy at websites and loves the podcast like that would be a great contribution help me do internet good <laughs> uh yeah, we're I, horrible millennials i feel like sometimes yeah. at least i am i work in tech too so it's, it's <laughs> just like golly yo uh yeah I, it, this week they had the the senate hearing on uh data collection and Ooh. so you had a bunch of senators grilling the ceo of google mm. on data collection and some of the highlights include um, Steve King, uh, a.k.a. Corn Hitler. Uh, he's <laughs> the Republican from Iowa. Uh, he holds up his iPhone and he says to the CEO of Google, he's holding up his iPhone. He goes, I am so tired of of Apple, you know, collecting data on my usage. And the CEO goes, uh, sir, with all due respect, Apple is a different company <laughs> than Google. And 
and I will now plug, you know, as 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 the Google rep that, you know, if you don't like Apple, come come to the Google. They have their own phone line now, right? Or yeah. something? Like It's like the Google Pixel is, yeah. is the, those phones. He totally should have used that as an yeah. opportunity what a to pitch. plug. Like. Uh, <laughs> Don't like iPhones, Mine don't do that. use the Google well, I don't Pixel. I know if they do. Um, but the, the <laughs> other highlights included um, some senators were looking up the health care bills mm-hmm. and they just did a Google search and they were like, um, I looked up my health care bill and all I could find were um, articles criticizing my bill and saying that it was <laughs> going to leave millions uninsured and they wanted Google to make those results not appear. And so the CEO goes, um, that's illegal. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the senators were still like, uh, th- that should be a thing, though. Like, you've got all these people criticizing me, and I don't want it at the top of the search results. And it should be just like a red flag that, like, um, once you get outside your little bubble of terrible ideas, like, nobody cares for your shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of feel like I'm on the senator's side on this because I'm like, I can't figure out my own dang website. (laughs) (laughs) Make the website do it. Do the website thing. Make it do its thing. Yeah. 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 That's it's it's interesting. So it is what the 12th today, the 12th, 12th, December of December. Um, December to remember. (laughs) Yeah. Hope you bought a Honda this year. Yeah, right. Um, they, I think it was yesterday, was the quote unquote remember like memorable seventeen minutes um, in the White House. I don't know if you saw that. No. <laughs> so apparently the the two speakers came it in. So Chuck Schumer, I think that's his name, Chuck. Oh, and Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Did you see that? Yes. Oh damn. So I watched. watched it and it's really interesting to watch stuff like that and see how just being of the age to where I can envision how that went on cable TV (laughs) 20 years ago yeah versus how it goes over on Twitter today because that's how I found out about it yeah it wouldn't shut up about it yeah I'm like okay I should I should I think this is something that I should actually watch so I watched it and yes, there were definitely appalling moments. The entire thing was an appalling moment, yeah. really. I was just, for lack of a better word, flabbergasted at the interaction that occurred. But at the same time, the reaction it incited feels way out of proportion for what it was. Yeah, Like, it's not any mm. new news, per right. se. It was a story about the interactions and the fact that it was not civil discourse. Yeah. I wouldn't expect civil discourse from this president. When so, has there been? <laughs> it, there has not been. So at the same time, while, yes, I'm appalled by the by what happened, I mean, basically, they had both brought talking points to the president that they wanted to discuss yeah. from the, you know, meeting with um, going over the different bills and issues that the um, the senators have brought from their constituents forward to talk to the president about. And he decided to talk about something entirely different and stay on that and not yeah. talk about the talking points that they had brought, which was the purpose of the meeting. Yeah, he lives in a world of fiction that he just invents so by the minute. That was the whole speech, more or less, that Pelosi gave in her tiny voice, um, which yeah. was, was... It's, it's one of those things I can see why people are like, she's not fit for leadership. I'm like, well, yes, she has the intellect for it. She doesn't have the strong voice, but she can be obstinate. And I think, she, you know, she's, she put her foot down. She did put her foot down, which yeah. was really great. <clears throat> um, but it was interesting to see that whole sort of thing play out and then the outcome from that. It's like half of the news isn't necessarily what happened itself. I mean, that's that was... A small bit and then you watch sort of the the rollout of the twitter and facebook etc social media reaction to it and it's interesting to see i mean as we all know social media creates a skewed 
view of the universe for every individual. So it's hard to see what comes on the other side. But you can imagine, based on what comes from your side, sort of yeah. the opposite. Um, because it's all, for whatever reason, dichotomous. Um, there are reasons I'm not going to go into. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like history reels start going through my mind. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Okay. No. Um, but anyway, so that was that was an interesting piece of news to to process and just kind of puts us out 2018. It's kind of goes over the exhaustion I think that we're both feeling. It's, yeah. It's between work and like you mentioned before we started recording. There's a, a a sense of a lot of people putting on blinders just to get through the day. Yeah. Because it's exhausting keeping up with the news cycle, which, I mean, the news cycle doesn't have to be a 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail right on the head by saying a lot of it is not new news. Like, the fact that um, our president behaves like a toddler throwing a tantrum most days, that's not new. Like, we saw that on the campaign trail. Like, we knew that in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. you know, here it is, December 2018. It's been three years of this bullshit. Like, we, we've seen it. We know it. It's not new, right? And, like, mm. Twitter just explodes. Facebook explodes. Like, The Daily Show explodes. John Oliver explodes. It's, like, epic awesome sauce every single time. And, like, I I think the, the thing that disappoints me the most on, like, the whole, like, both sides thing is... Democrats are playing into this cult of personality. Mm-hmm. And the thing that disappointed me the most was this whole like Pelosi as a badass um, coming out. And like Pelosi is intelligent, articulate, experienced. She possesses every quality of a leader, but she doesn't go hard in the paint. Like mm-hmm. she's not progressive. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, like, Pelosi offered Trump a lot of money to build the wall if he doesn't shut down the government. And so for people to come out of that and be like, wow, Pelosi's such a badass. I'm like, there are no winners in that exchange. (laughs) There are no winners. And you know what? Trump's still going to shut down the government because um, of who he is. You know, like he's going to grandstand and he's going to prove a point that he gets what he wants. And he does what he wants and nobody tells him what to do and nobody makes deals. He's the deal maker, right? He's president deals. Yeah. And so, um, which have all failed yeah. by the way on a, on, <laughs> on a side note. Yeah. President <laughs> deals, not making such good deals. Uh, but like these government shutdowns, like how many of them do we get before you start to see what's happening in France happening here? Mm. Where the the working people just go, enough with this. We're not doing this anymore. And you are going to give us what we want because we're tired of watching you play power games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to work for a living wage and we don't want you to pass on the costs of your, you know, glad handing to uh, uh, corporations and billionaires uh, we don't want you to pass the costs off on these like just legitimately bad business deals off to the the individual and then blame it on individual market choices and stuff like that. It's all so disingenuous and just intellectually bankrupt. And like how how much of that do we get? You know, like and and I, I feel like there's there's kind of this um general consensus that's kind of interesting that's that's um it spans the divide between left and right politically. And you get people who would otherwise be right leaning politically who, you know, can really find common ground with left leaning people over labor issues and like mm. healthcare and stuff like that. And those are that that's kind of like to bring it all full circle to, to my point is I'm so disappointed with a cult of personality where people are, are focusing on like the epic personality of someone and ignoring the policies. And yeah, I just want to see the policies stand for themselves. Like, just show me your policies. Are they coherent? Do they benefit anybody? 
Um, because that's what we see at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. that's what impacts us. Uh, I mean, as archaeologists, these government shutdowns always fuck us in like. Yeah. S- it's, it's there's so much military work like there's yeah. so much dod work for department of defense there's so much dod work for for crm archaeology and and i remember the first shutdown that happened during the obama years like mitch mcconnell was the architect of the first shutdown yeah and i was in kentucky and, and mitch mcconnell is the senator from kentucky and uh I, w- I was working on a military base and we were shut down for a week just because they wanted yeah. to prove a point. And, and now there have been many shutdowns. And, you know, how many archaeologists do we know who can't go to work mm. because there's not going to be anybody to, you know, let them into their project area? Well, even for private um, firms or private projects or things that are state um, or through other agencies, first off, other agencies are directly affected as well as the DOT yeah. during the shutdowns. but. Even if you are working on a project that needs a per- federal permit approval, the fact that because it's considered an ancillary department, any any sort of permit approval gets delayed. Yeah. And so then you have a backup, as if there wasn't already one, um, of permit approvals. And so stuff gets put off. And I remember that year there were projects that were put off three months I mean, it affects the entire, I mean, archaeology, but anything that has to do with development and uh, these larger, um, like, energy projects. And that's where um, I remember around the time or shortly after that first uh, shutdown talking with um, some unacquaintance who was a Trump voter and was very excited Um about the fact that that might happen around this time. Um, or I guess maybe it was the second shutdown. I don't know about my timelines offhand. <laughs> but I remember this conversation about the impact of a shutdown. And a lot of people were like, well, it's not going to actually affect anyone directly. No one will notice it. A lot of people don't care. I'm like, yeah, if you're a salesperson at, or work at a restaurant, possibly. But anyone who has anything to do with federal approval permitting regulations and that falls heavily on what i perceive as the republican working class yeah so people who tend to be republican and used to be democrat 20 plus years ago um are the blue collar like you know making paycheck to paycheck um and all about you know energy development and uh, pipeline workers, um, longshoremen, even people who do that day to that what we consider in our political spectrum, the quote unquote, regular Joe jobs or whatever, yeah. um, are heavily impacted. And but in a way that's not so direct that a lot of people notice it. Right. And what it does is it just delays work and delays contracts. Mm-hmm. Um and that's where people get longer layoffs. Uh, so then you have less income for the year. And it, it's something that um, after this conversation, he was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Because I'm like, as an archaeologist, I know it directly affects me. Like knowing that I had calls for work with different people and then I got calls later going, you know, permits not going to be out for another two, three months. I'm sorry. Yeah. That didn't work. So um, that's something as an archaeologist to kind of keep an eye out for when you have these imminent shutdowns, you know, plan to make sure that you have a pocket of savings available because that kind of stuff doesn't help anyone, um, especially us. And that's something that it's an effect that we can't make an unemployment claim on. It's not something that we can be like, hey, I was directly affected by this. Um, Yeah. Because occasionally you get like, if you were directly affected by this, like on the tax forms, like... Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know if that was the case with this, but um, that's just something to to keep in mind. Yeah. So. Plan for the unpredictability of it. Or as, as you said, starting off, be flexible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's... Uh, Touche. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it's funny. Like, that brings to mind... Uh, some of the the earliest episodes of of the podcast, um, 
you know, around jobs and, and navigating the, the uncertainties and the instabilities of working in archeology. span And, you know, like I, I think the, the first episode that aired on, you know, jobs and how to navigate the winter w- aired probably like four years ago. And, uh, it was a very different economic climate, but also looking back, you know, like, uh, I was a different person and I was in a different situation and I also had kind of different mindsets and, and it's funny how much 2016 and 2018 has radicalized me (laughs) (laughs) to like, look back on those episodes. I've been combing through the archives to try and put these old episodes back out. And I'm really struggling with some of the opinions and advice that, that were shared on some of the earliest episodes, because I'm like, well, it's no longer relevant, um, at best. Mm-hmm. And at worst, these are really bad ideas. <laughs> and I, I'm just kind of like struggling my way through it. And, and it's just funny to like have um, have to kind of like almost start from scratch in a, in a lot of ways is, yeah. has been the process with Go Dig a Hole is, has been like, you know, like start the podcast over, uh, I guess start the blog over. I, I don't know. Maybe the blog's still there. It's just hiding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's somewhere it's, somewhere it's hiding on the internet somewhere and yes. I, I just don't know what it's doing <laughs> uh but yeah it, it's it's just it's very very different and i i think to look back four years ago you know or even further than that when i first got into crm archaeology i got into crm archaeology because obama passed the the american reinvestment and recovery act the arra mm-hmm. it was a big pocket of infrastructure funding that you know, archaeology as a support industry for construction, like infrastructure construction, um, you know, followed along with this pocket of funding. And so it was really good. Like it, it brought a lot of of uh, people like us out of the recession and into mm-hmm. working at, in in archaeology. And it, it's what really gave me my start and in what I thought were very bleak times. And, yeah, um, you know, then uh you know fast forward to like 2014 it everything looked stable right like we were mm. we were you know looking at you know a more stable economy that just kept showing growth and now we're back into a period where we're seeing not just like um economic decline but instability on scales that nobody's really seen before yeah and uh, it, it's something that, like, I don't know that, that any of us are really equipped to offer advice on how to weather this. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I've seen uh, talk about for years. And some of it is, is the, the economic boom that occurred did not take into account part-time versus full-time right. work. It was jobs, period. Yeah. So in the current climate like since the recession the whole comeback economic comeback was entirely furnished um with unsteady uh part-time labor and what might be called the gig economy yeah it became a big thing and that i think it the gig economy will endure and we're seeing that um start to really penetrate archaeology too oh like i'm seeing job postings for like part-time architectural historian part-time like part-time project manager and i'm like who who would take part-time project manager like that's a full-time job (laughs) you are you are set up to fail like that is a full-time job yeah yeah there's no project you can be on part-time to manage period unless you're assisting someone else that just has a very large project but then that would be project manager assistant yeah like it's not i granted not everyone adjusts their titles so that might be a thing. I have no idea what yeah. that job posting looked like. But yeah, there are certain things like if you're managing something like an archaeological project, shit comes up at all hours of the day. Yeah. Like it, as for the duration of the project, sometimes after. Like there's not, it's not something that you are just going to hop in for two for 15 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, unless you're, like I said, assisting someone on a larger project, um, which may have been the case, but that's kind of a silly, it's like PI, 15 hours. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. that that would take um, a really, really put together crew chief, really, really put together project manager. Like everybody would have to be on their A game, and then even then, you'd be lucky if you could pull that off yeah, in every, fifteen hours. A everything week. would have to go along with the minimum requirements for yeah. your MOU. Yep. <laughs> No surprises. Uh, and it never does, right? No, no. <laughs> like, There's uh, always the last day to where you're like, God damn it. Yeah. I found a fill in the blank I giant feel... thing that you need to spend two days recording. <laughs> I feel for our friends in the Southeast right now. I mean, like I, I spent probably 11 years uh, working in the Southeast and the the winter weather was something that was so unpredictable mm. because you planned on being able to work through the winter uh, doing field work and... Um, you know, like North Carolina and that area is, is seeing, you know, you know, I wouldn't call it historic, but unexpected, uh, winter storms right now. Yeah. And, you know, they're seeing heavier than normal snowfall, but as, as happens in the Southeast, what happens in the winter is ice. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff's scary. They just don't really make tires for ice. <laughs> And it's that's one of the things is like a lot of people make fun of Southerners because they can't drive in the snow, but it's like, it's the ice. Yeah. People die on ice. Like you, it, it, you just can't go anywhere. Like you, you can put ice melt out all night long, and ice is still gonna happen. People are gonna crash. Yeah. Um, and so like y- you get these unexpected stoppages to work and stuff like that. And so it's like I feel like 2018 has probably seen a lot of unexpected stoppages to people's work. Yeah. I mean, as you have, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then and then you have the unexpected work opportunities and things like fire. Yes. So the California yes. fires was definitely a big thing for 2018. Yeah. Because that was again like last year. Very late in the season, not necessarily something that we would expect to see on a normal, quote unquote, 20th century yeah. climate schedule. But I think that's starting to become the norm, unfortunately, yeah. um, which is sad for California and for agriculture. Because California, I think, supports like 40% of the nation's agriculture. Yeah. So things like, you know avocados become unavailable <laughs> tomatoes yeah <laughs> like all all the things yeah um, citrus being a winter fruit like uh i, I don't even know how that's going to shake out like yeah how many of those orchards were torched i don't know i think that's all coming to f- from florida <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah no there's there's been a lot a lot going on um what else we got on that list i feel like there's something we're missing um sorry i'm cutting into it edit this portion <laughs> you have an internship and oh the... that was all i really wrote down okay um this is there was the um sorry if my writing is chicken no, scratch no it's actually you have very neat very legible handwriting um i'm thinking of the um the <laughs> The conference. Oh, yes, The session yes, yes. I'm actually chairing yes. for All That Is Holy. Uh, uh, Let me pull that up so I can actually say everything correctly. What is this thing called? <laughs> I've been invited to it just about every year that I've lived in Oregon, and, and I can never make it either from, like, initially it was just the cost because I, w- I got here and I was just dirt broke. Um, and, uh, but it's important. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's the the Archaeology Channel International Film Festival and Cultural Heritage Media Conference. There's a lot going on there. Yes, there is. And it's actually, it's really cool because, so one of um, the old time, uh, how should I say this? Um, accurately he so the the gentleman who puts this on has been doing CRM since the beginning so since the 70s is this Rick Pettigrew yes yeah. Rick Pettigrew and he's been doing he's done a lot of really important work in Oregon um, and um, I want to say um, I couldn't find 
um, and this might be an improvement on the website, uh, how long <laughs> um, the film festival has been going on. I know it's over 20 years, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, I want to say closer to 30. And so the Archaeology Channel is a cable access channel, actually. It's on cable throughout the U.S., um, similar it has a similar feel to pbs but it's specifically archaeology worldwide and it actually makes a really big impact because it is one of the few media outlets that is like real archaeology and history based like there's not the aliens that the history channel does like there (laughs) you don't have you know alien dude you don't have conspiracy theories you don't have the paranormal bullshit that you know gives sarah something to do in her spare time yes at <laughs> <laughs> on on her podcast but um it's it's really a wonderful outlet and i think a lot of archaeologists are unaware of it ironically yeah um so i actually learned of it um during my undergrad because I went to uh, the University of Oregon for my undergrad and he lives and works out of Eugene and employs interns out of the U of O. Um, So I, I knew someone who, who did that internship and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. Um, So all of the media is all also um, accessible online, um, which is really cool. Um, So there's the, the conference that come it comes up in May. It's like the second through the fifth. It's you know it, it's not the essays. It's not a week long, so that's nice. Um, but it actually has one. It's the largest international archaeology film festival in the world. So it's a competitive um, outlet for filmmakers and documentarians to submit their work, and it's judged and. I don't remember if there is an award, like I know there's an award, but I don't know if there's, you know, winnings, quote unquote. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's very big. And the keynote speakers from Nova this year. So that's nice. really exciting. Last year, I believe <clears throat> it was either last year or sometime in the last couple of years was um, one of the um, chief folks for Nat Geo. Um, so they they have a, a real presence in um, cultural heritage media. So this would be anything that presents to the public sphere archaeology, um, of international cultures, the things that you might see in Nat Geo or on the Travel Channel. Yeah. Um, however, the the cool thing is is that they focus on things that like Nova or the BBC. Like I I believe the BBC is another presence that's there, which is really exciting because that's where you have like the um, what are the show that's been on the time time team time team. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, the original time team is out of BBC. They did. I think that show's been going for like 40 years or something insane. Yeah. Uh, we had a brief spurt of Time Team America here in the U.S., uh, which was actually quite wonderful. Yes. Um, and that's that's something um, we actually have on one of the Women in Archaeology shows. Uh, one of our guests on an early episode is Chelsea Rose, who was one of the, the hosts on... Uh, Time Team America. Oh, very cool. And she's here in Oregon, too. Yeah, she's at uh, Southern Oregon University, and she um, is on our Women in Media, Women in Archaeology and Media episode. Nice. Um, And I can't remember what number that is. I want to say nine, but I'm probably wrong. Um, So that's something that I'm going to be getting back out on as an archived episode. Yeah. Um, Back out very soon. It's always fun to dig through the archives (laughs) once you've gone independent, like just trying to sort this whole thing out. It's a thing, right? It it takes a lot of work. It's like 50 plus episodes, I think. Yeah. So at this point and um, that we've been putting out. So, I mean, to get back to this, this conference bit, it's something that I think is, while many of us are unaware of it, it makes a really big impact. And those of us who are involved in, I know there's an SAA interest group on um, archaeology in the media and public relations. 
you know, if you're involved in that or interested in that topic, this would be a really awesome conference to attend. It's yeah. small. And the really cool thing is you, uh, it's at the same time as this film festival. So you can really dig in and rub elbows with people who are doing the things that you want to impact. Yes. And that's, that's a really cool piece of this is if you feel passionate about reaching out accurately and trying to get rid of this pseudo-archaeology crap, yep. um, this is really the mode to see what people are doing, how they're doing it, and how they're reaching out because that, you know, this is one of the few outlets that really reaches out internationally um, and makes makes a statement. So um, just a, a shout out to that going on in May. Um, and we're going to be doing a... A symposium on uh, podcasts yes. out there, which I am chairing. Yeah, and I'm a little intimidated by. I'm just just gonna put that out there. It's 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 a wonderful opportunity, and I'm glad that glad that you know Rick invited me in to do that. Um, but it's it's the first one that I've chaired myself. Mm-hmm. Um, upcoming in April. Um, I am the co-chair for one of the interest groups at the SAA, um, the Fiber Perishables nice. interest group, and we are sponsoring a symposium. So that entailed a lot less work because I just had to poke at people who were wanting to do it and be like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> do, the gonna, thing. do the thing. You're going to do great. <laughs> if you have questions, I don't know the answers, but we can find them. Yeah. <laughs> So um, it's an experience so far. It's been good. Um, we have, I don't know, I think four presenters. It's a very small conference, as I mentioned, um, because it's integrated with the film festival. But I think it's it's a really great opportunity. And the cool thing is you could actually probably go to most of the stuff right. going on. Like yes. you're not... That, <laughs> that's the most frustrating thing about any conference you go to is, is like you have to divvy up your time um, and in my case, I'm usually just sitting in the vendor hall and I don't get to see any uh, of the the presentations. But, uh, yeah, you got to divvy up your time at the Heritage Film Festival, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm never going to remember <laughs> everything else. That's OK. Just look at Heritage Film Festival in Eugene, Oregon. Yes. And you'll find it. Uh, yes. it's, it's also look up the, the archaeology channel yes. is probably the, the kind of like central website yes, for that all is. the information. And you should be able to find it on there. Um, if I'll, we'll link to the conference in the show notes yeah. and the details on that. So definitely. Yeah. So if you're listening on your phone, just like click info or whatever. If you're on SoundCloud, just look at the notes. You'll, you'll, you'll see a link in there. Cool. Um, other conferences while we're talking about conferences, um, in early March, I'm going to be at the Society for California Archaeology in Yay. Sacramento, California. <gasps> oh, is it in Sacramento? I have family there. You want to go? I should go. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> well, uh, anybody else who's going and listens to this show, come find us. Uh, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll do an episode together or, you know, just hang out. Um, and then... Two weeks after Society for California Archaeology is the Northwestern Anthropological Conference, NWAC. Yes. Uh, We're both going, right? Probably. Probably. Yeah. We're probably both going. Funds. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really fun. It's going to be in Kennewick this year. So. Does that ring a bell to anyone? It should ring a bell out there. If not. Use Google because I'm not going to explain that. That's yeah. a whole other episode. Using Google? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the ancient one. Kennewick yes. Man. Kennewick Man. So it's 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 really nice. Um, it doesn't quite coincide, but I think they may have decided upon the location around the time that he was um, reburied. Yeah. Um, so that was, I think it's, it's timely, and I'm glad that I don't know if there have been other NWACs there before. The one prior to it was where in Spokane? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. And then before that, Tacoma. And it's, I think it's due to come back to Oregon, but that's my 
I think it's soon. bring it back. <laughs> bring it back. Uh, yeah, it'll be my first NWAC, so I'm excited. NWAC's pretty great. I mean, it's much like GBAC in that it's a regional conference. Yeah. It's tight knit, lots of CRM bodies around. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's more CRM representatives in NWAC than in GBAC. Yeah, that was my experience at GBAC as well. I, I feel like uh, the Great Basin, I think it's probably a uh, it reflects the the region um, because there are more federal entities mm-hmm. governing land uh, yeah. in the Great Basin. And so it GBAC was more like agency heavy. heavy. Yeah. And uh, SCA, Society for California Archaeology, last year was my first time. Um, it was very heavily represented by CRM firms, and I expect mm-hmm. it's probably the same at, at NWAC. Yes. Um, and one of the cool things about NWAC, and uh, this was something, one of the things that um, always gets me excited about GBAC, too, is there's lots of student involvement. So you get undergrads and grad students of master's and PhD programs that are just in a flurry and excitement. Yeah. Um, looking for feedback and that's a lot of fun Um, as well as you know the CRM firms that may or may not get paid to be there and are presenting their stuff that they've been working on Um, and that's something that's really neat yeah and it's different it's it's neat because these regional conferences have something different to offer than the SAAs which is why I always go to at least one regional and the SAAs yeah um because it adds gives me motivation, which I'm severely lacking <laughs> these days. I feel come yes. spring, it charges me up. I'm like, yeah, yes. we're we're gonna do this. Let's let's go charge ahead and do the archaeology and teach the people and learn the things. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, so it's it's good stuff out there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So well, uh, good. If anybody listening to this episode happens to be going to SCA or NWAC, uh, hit us up. Yeah, it'll be great. We uh, will probably put together some sort of collaborative work, either a recap or just over the beer discussions. Yeah. Um, The Women in Archaeology consistently do recaps for all the regional conferences that any of the four of us attend. And because we're spread... out across each time zone (laughs) pretty much um watch the women in archaeology um podcast and blog for um regional conference recaps you'll find them from nwac gbac to um let's see if i can remember the names of them because i'm not out there mid-atlantic the mid-atlantic that's a big one um and then also, there's one Emily was talking about. She was excited about going to. I don't know if she made it this year. Was it the Pecos Conference? Yeah. yeah. I've never been to it, but it sounds so cool. It does. It's like what we all dream a conference might be, yeah. which is like a giant camp out. Yeah. <laughs> conference. It's what I wish outdoors. GBAC was. Oh, that Because be it's awesome. in the perfect location for it. Yeah. There's, and that's, I remember asking someone who was involved in putting GBAC on this year. Um, or rather, maybe not this year, but in previous years, um, I spoke with Jeff Smith of uh, University of Nevada, Reno, Reno, yeah. and he was talking about just, it, yeah, I mean, like, I asked, there seems to be very few towns that are large enough to host the conference. Yeah. You have, like, <laughs> Vegas, you have Reno, Utah. You can push it into California and Oregon, but it's kind of reaching the edges. And same with Boise, like of what you might call the Great Basin. Generally speaking, yeah, people don't live in the Great Basin. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's not a really... Um, Heavily populated region. Yeah. There are places in this country where I'm just like, why do people live here? <laughs> It's gorgeous. I love it. Is beautiful. I love being out there. I don't know if I could live out there though. I, it I agree with you. It is difficult to subsist. Yes. Yeah. And some of that is, is I mean, as we all know, you know, Vegas sucks up the entire Rio Grande before it gets to Mexico. Yeah. That's a big part of it. In L.A. I have long lost their... relatives in Pahrump, Nevada. Maybe G-Bat could go there. There you go. I, I'm gonna say, 
see if I can remember. Mm. One moment. <laughs> I have to look this up real quick. I'm just going to put this out there. We're not going to... We're going to we're gonna make sure that our listeners look this up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Tonopah, Nevada. Tonopah? Tonopah. Any archaeologist who has worked out of Tonopah knows exactly why I'm suggesting this and can... If there's not a conference <laughs> center there... Um, Maybe we could rent a bunch of those those like big event tents. That would be great. That'd be cool. You know how fitting that would be? It'd be perfect. You'll have to look it up. That'll be so perfect. We should do a giant event tent. Yeah. I've never done archaeology work there, but I have looked up hiking in that area. Yes. And I really want to go there. There's a lot of amazing stuff out there. Yeah. Like for sure. Like it is one it is legit one of my vacation destination nice. wish list places. <laughs> I also know the owners of of the, a specific place that I'm referring to, so that's, uh, or rather, <laughs> am a roundabout sort of related to. I haven't actually met them, but so Tonopah, Nevada. If you haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up, and you will know instantly via Google. Yeah, why I'm suggesting it because I think it would be great, and as archaeologists, we should love and cherish this, um, and surrounding uh, venues. Um, so that's, that's something to check out for, for the next back or yes. the, the, the one after next. I think the one coming up, because it's only two years, every right. two years, the next one's in Vegas. Oh, did they announce it yet? They did. Oh, Vegas. While we were there. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeesh. Yeah. Oh I'd, boy. I don't know. They didn't announce where. I'm going to guess it's going to not, it's either going to be on the strip because it's the cheapest hotels there. Yeah. Because the casinos. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what they did in, the, in Reno. Yeah. We were pent up Boy, in... Boy, that was a barrel of fun, huh? Oh, God. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the, the smoke, the ambient smoke in the air, but Yeah, I don't really cheap. dig that you can smoke in the casinos. No, it sucks. I actually yeah. had a really hard time. Like, I got a really bad cough yeah. day two. I also don't really dig Reno. Sorry to anybody who lives there, but... There's a couple of cool things out there. I hear there is a little Portland neighborhood a little portland there's a little portland so i have a couple of friends who go to unr <laughs> that have told me about this little portland <laughs> so um one of which is from portland or, or at least had gone to to portland state yeah and so he he badly sorely misses the city and he's like i found there's a little portland in, yeah. in reno there's like next to each other there are various um establishments portland establishments that set up next to each other Holy on this cow, little stretch awesome. so i thought that was really yeah. fun <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think my only gripe about reno is is the public transit is not existent yeah like <laughs> i'm a public transit nerd um i, I ride my bike like 90 percent of the time and and other than that i take buses and light rail whenever i can and like uh, Salt Lake City was fun. I got I got everywhere I needed to go on public transit. Phoenix was okay. I got everywhere I needed to go on public transit. Um, Reno, I walked a lot. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of walking. I just end up calling a, a lift. Yeah. In that case, um, there was decent public transit. But not great when I was in Toronto. I think Toronto can definitely improve yeah. on their public transit. And now, Portland could too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, Portland gets a, a good, a good solid reputation for being a public transit and bike friendly city. But mm -hmm. there's always room to improve. I mean, like we live in Northeast Portland, and it's it's basically a blind spot for yeah. Um, you know, buses and light rail and all that. There's an unfortunate historical reason for that. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> gee, our huh? Wh <laughs> what hmm, could that what be? What demographic are most of my neighbors? Hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So that that explains that 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 does really show though the need for improvement for sure. Yeah. One of these days we are going to track down 
uh, Kenneth Coleman, who wrote Dangerous Subjects. <sighs> I finally finished that dang book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, I'm a very slow reader. but um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's all good. He closes the book out with a discussion of kind of like he, he really ties in the historical context of the black exclusion laws in Oregon mm-hmm. and how that played out in what we see now in Portland. Oh, And so nice. it was a really, really solid kind of like making the past relevant in the present. Yeah. Um, which, you know, like really drives well with archaeology. I was going to say, yeah. like this, this is the lesson. This is why we do archaeology. Yeah. And we've talked about gentrification before. And so it's like yeah. you, you see gentrification popping up in strategic locations for a reason, right? Yeah. And you see um, certain housing zoning uh, popping mm-hmm. up in certain places for a reason. And it's all exclusionary. And um, so w- w- it was one of those things that I didn't really fully realize because I'm a newcomer to Portland. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I-, I already knew that like Portlandia was was fiction. Right. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize it's fiction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It hits, it hits a, a, a nerve with some, I, <laughs> I can attest. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't wish that on anybody else's city. No, I yeah. don't. I mean, that's, no, that's, you know, I respect the, the comedians who are actors in this long running series, but yes. I must say it has totally screwed with the city as absolutely itself yeah it's messed with the food scene it's messed with um the way people settle here yeah uh it's messed with people's expectations of how things are going to go yeah in in your lived experience here uh it's not like that episode you saw no it never is there well there there are things it kind of (laughs) is whenever you come to a four-way stop sign it totally is yeah or if you're i don't know i haven't watched the show but i can definitely see one of the most annoying things is coming to a stop sign where there's it's not a four-way stop sign you were the only one at a stop sign (laughs) and the person who has right of way stops for you yes and there's no one else on the goddamn street (laughs) and you're just like you're gonna cause a wreck just just go go. i can go behind you there's no one behind you just just go yeah um and that's the there it for those who don't know portland drivers are overly polite in ways that are destructive so yes and then in other ways they're very passive aggressive like get them on the freeway and yes oh boy so it's it's a very different driving experience here than elsewhere in the country. Um, you're not driving in D.C. when you're in Portland, for yeah. sure. No, that is no. not not that's that's frightening to me. Nor is it L.A. No, that's it is pretty not scary. LA. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, generally speaking, we have the most polite drivers I think in the country for this in in the state of Oregon. Yeah, Portland drivers. <clears throat> it's like I think we get people who want to be polite and don't know how to do it so they're overly polite and yeah. things get weird and then it's just frustrating um but that's i digress yeah. <laughs> um so we have a lot of good episodes coming up yes <laughs> uh, we we actually have i haven't discussed all of them with you like we, oh, okay. we have um a lot of people have reached out to me lately. oh good um and tons and tons and tons of episode ideas. Yay. The struggle now is just to keep up with it. Like, yeah. um, oh man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a really hectic time of year for all of us. So it's like hard to coordinate all of this. Uh, plus, it's like, how do I ever find the time to edit these episodes? Um, yeah. But we're super excited. So always keep reaching out. Um, yes, yeah, your your ideas are awesome. Uh, I I don't think I've ever heard a bad idea for an episode. Um, uh, so, you know, keep it coming. Maybe I'll hear a bad, ep- uh, a bad idea for an episode. Um, but uh, either way, you know, we want to hear from you. It's it's always fun. It's always awesome. Um, and we can't wait to get more people on the show. So Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. really fun to have people in the studio. But yes. if you are not in the area, it is definitely still an open invitation. <laughs> yeah, we'll Skype you. It's fine. Yeah, uh, It's well... super fun to be in the Airstream. <laughs> so like we, we definitely want to urge people to come into the Airstream yeah. with us. But yeah. But, but if you're elsewhere in the country, definitely don't feel excluded. Give us a call. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Or shoot us an email, I guess is now the, the better term. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
And uh, so on that note, actually, we um, at the at Women in Archaeology, we are going to be shortly releasing an episode that was requested from a listener that I'm very glad they requested because I've been wanting to do this for nice. several years, um, was a, a sort of a re-review or a, a touching base on, the, on Lara Croft. So oh, cool. the new movie that came out in 2018, earlier yeah. this year, I think it was in May. Um, so we just did that episode. Wow, it has been a long year. Yeah, I know, right? That feels like ages ago. Yeah. Um, so we just recorded that last month, and that should be coming out um, either later this month or January. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And you can find that episode plus blog entries. We have a gift um uh, of course, late in the season, we have uh, <laughs> because we know you are all late shoppers. Yes, uh, gift recommendations uh, on a blog um, entry on the women or, or on so the the our website, and you'll cut out my stuttering. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, womeninarchaeology.com is the blog website where <clears throat> all of our uh, podcast episodes as well as blog entries are put on there and. That includes the um, gift ideas list. So nice. if you are an archaeologist or know an archaeologist or want to be an archaeologist, these are some of the greatest gift ideas. Yes. Um, so we have anything. And of course, it, it's focused around archaeology generally, but there are specific supplies that are women focused because it is horribly difficult to find field clothes that fit. Yeah. So that's... That's a challenge, and so we have some resources on there. Even if you don't need a gift guide, if you're just like, wait, you have, you know where to get good fitting clothes, like work pants yeah, that aren't men's car hearts, go on there. We have you covered for recommendations. Uh, so that's, that's pretty fun. Um, and you can find us um, on Twitter at Women Archies, and then you can reach us via email at women in archaeology at gmail.com so that's my plug nice <laughs> you is. said you would do it at the beginning you did it. i know i i got it it's in the end <laughs> <laughs> so this is the end catch us next time yes goodbye thanks for listening to the go to go hole podcast if you enjoyed this show, please consider uh, supporting it on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash go dig a hole. Uh, all of your contributions are incredibly appreciated. And uh, I've already been able to do a lot of amazing things with your support. So thanks again. And please uh, share this with any of your friends, colleagues, classmates, students, teachers, whatever. Uh, you can also find me online. I'm very online. Uh, the blog is godigahole.com. Uh, you can find me on all the social media platforms at godigahole. Go